0: and welcome to Ask Nikki Novo. In this show, I'll be performing live readings for our listeners, plus we'll be exploring pop culture through a spiritual lens as I read the energy of celebrities and trending stories. It will be the best reading these celebrities never asked for. Get your heart ready because you're about to receive spiritual guidance for your everyday challenges. Hello, Ask Nikki Novo fam. I'm so excited to be here with you for another episode and play this little intuitive game that we like to play. In today's episode, we focus on motherhood and what it means to parent intuitively, how we can lead our families from a place of vision, and how we can balance our spiritual knowings and maintaining basic family structure. Also in today's episode, we read the energy of tennis star Serena Williams, We look at her purpose and what her path is and where it is taking her next. So let's jump in. Hi, Nikki. My name's Emily. I'm a stay-at-home mom to two little ones. And recently, my oldest started kindergarten. And it's been kind of a rough transition for our family. So much so that I've been considering homeschool at the same time. I've been really looking forward to having some time to remember who I am outside of being a mama and also how I can contribute to our family's income in a way that's meaningful and nourishing for me. Would love to hear any insights or thoughts that you might have. Thanks. Hi Emily, thank you for your question. I was so excited about this question. I actually started answering it at 11:11, so I knew it was going to be a good one. So here we have to zoom out. This is really going to be what's going to be most helpful for you is to zoom out and to understand why all these puzzle pieces are starting to move around. It could look like, "Oh, just, you know, child is not doing well in in school. I got a homeschool and then, you know, have no idea what the plan is for me. Like that could be one way of looking at this, but really there's the other way is to be like, what if this is all part of the plan? Um, and what if this is like one very important piece to this like really beautiful life we are creating? And that's really what this is about. I actually saw this, I was like, oh, this is the new earth family plan is how I called it. (laughs) Cause it's like really this, like, we don't have to keep doing it the way we've been doing it. That like mom and dad work these crazy hours, kids go off to school until mom and dad are ready to pick them up from school and like rush, rush, rush. And, you know, nobody's needs are being met and um, nobody's being seen and heard. Uh, That's one way of doing it. And that's how we've been doing it. But where these children are really asking us to transition to something that's a little bit more holistic, uh, that is much more rooty, is kind of how I feel. It's like much more like coming back home, coming back to the roots, coming back to true family structure and what that really looks like. And that's really what you are creating. So let's first talk about your child. I was getting a feeling that she's a girl. I'm not sure if that's correct, but it just overall was a very sensitive child. So, you know, even if if your oldest is a boy, um, it's just that the soul itself is like showing, showing up so sensitive uh, that it almost, you know, which is kind of can tend to be maybe more of a female, but that's really the energy I was getting. So this child is very gifted. We're gonna see this child really come into themselves around third grade. Like we're gonna see uh, academics to start to hit, um, but also creativity. It looks like this is a very creative child uh, that's going to be again extremely gifted. But that pushing this child out of the nest at this age is not going to be helpful, unfortunately, <laughs> because I know we all we all look forward to kindergarten and all that, um, our kids going off and having a full day of school, but this child definitely needs a little bit more of like protection and nesting, you know, even going into a school that has, you know, a classroom that has 10 kids, which maybe is not even a big classroom, but it's a lot for this child. I actually um, feel like this child is um, what we would call Um, highly sensitive, right? Like a highly sensitive person. So I don't know if you know that term, but there's a lot of books on it too. And that it's just too overwhelming to go out into the world like that. And it won't be super supportive for the child. But I was getting that they will be okay in kindergarten because it does look like you'll need at least a few years or even just the whole school year to be able to gather yourself together and to kind of get... This next plan together. So just know that if it if right now what you guys need is a little bit of uh, time and that, and sending that child to school is going to be just fine. Like it's not going to ruin them or anything like that. But there is a plan to to bring the child back into a more supportive environment. I do see you needing to research and to kind of get together your ideas about what homeschooling is, what's available in your area, what does that look like for you? There's many different ways to do it. And um, like, how do you prepare? Almost like, you know, how do I prepare lesson plans and how do I get this together? What kind of, sometimes there's those co-ops and like, how is this going to, um, how is this all going to make sense? So you need a little bit of time to get that together. So that's why, you know, school situation. will be okay. I also see, Emily, a family business coming together. You were asking that question about like, I want to ultimately like provide and who am I outside of being a mother? And, um, you know, what's so interesting is that I, I was faced with a similar situation when uh, my third was born. So I have three children. And <laughs> I remember that when the third was coming, you know, I was working for my husband's business and really raising the other two kids, right? Like that was like my full-time work. And and then I was side hustling and trying to make like this work, what I'm doing right now, uh, trying to make it something, but not being concerned about payment or anything like that, because I I had these two other jobs, basically, um, taking care of the kids and um, running the business with my husband. And when I was getting ready to leave that business because I was just like over it, you know, it's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't, I don't like, who am I outside being my husband's, you know, secretary business? Who am I, you know, outside being my kid's mother? Like I was really trying to pave my own path. And what's, what for me felt like almost kind of selfish because I was like, oh, I wanted to, it almost felt like I wanted to abandon all these things, you know, in a way, like I was like, I just, I don't want to be so intertwined with this. I wanted to grow my business and it's so interesting how I thought I was like leaving like the company of my family, right? Because like I see you almost like running a company, you know, like you're running this family. And I thought I was like moving to another company when actually, when I was being called to like really more move into like my own work, I was actually like promoting myself within the company. And that's what I see you doing, that actually like you're not trying to go outside of what you're building. And, um, you know, even like this thing that's gonna ultimately make you money is not really like going outside into another company. It's about moving from like a coordinator position in your family company, like, you know, what your family is. I'm calling your family a company. I'm just kind of using the metaphor. And you're gonna be promoting yourself, let's say, you know, to CEO or move up in these positions. so. To remember that like, it maybe sometimes feel like selfish of like what you kind of are feeling called to, but it's actually, it's you moving up in leadership and it's going to be the best decision for the family as well. Which brings me to the point that like, there needs to be an investment in you. And I saw the very first investment being some sort of babysitter, like a little bit of help, a couple hours Because actually you're a very good investment. Um, You seem to have a very uh, creative mind. I was like, your top energy looks really good and your like throat up, basically. You have a very strong throat chakra also. Actually, that is what makes you a really good mom. Um, And that's, I think that's probably what's hard for your child going into school because you seem to give a lot of words to your child's feelings. Like they uh, may not have the words yet, but you are able to like really identify what they're feeling and you give them words. And that makes like life easier for everybody. And not everybody has that skill. And that's actually like what makes you such a good mother. And I can see that's also probably why the child is struggling because they don't have that outside in the real world. So uh, you're a very good investment because you having just a little bit of time, like just some sanity time, you know, like just some sanity time, but also some um, time for like learning. Like I see you like studying new stuff, um, getting trainings, that kind of stuff. And just like creative thinking time is gonna be very good for the family because you are the one that's gonna bring something entrepreneurial into the family. Uh, and I do see that being something that like you do with your partner. Uh, it does seem like there has either been some failed attempts or there will be some quote unquote, not, I don't wanna call them failed attempts, but basically like, oh, I started a, you know an Instagram um, page for my candle business that I thought I'm going to do, and then realized, oh, the profit margins are super bad. So this is not worth it, <laughs> you know? So it's not really a fail of the It's just more just like once you go down the path a little bit, you realize it doesn't work or that it's not going to work for you or for the lifestyle. So either you guys have already kind of tried that, or maybe you've thought about something, you've researched something enough to realize, like, oh man, no, that's not going to work. Or we're going to see you do that. So we'll see you make some like attempts that, um, sound good in the process. But then once you like really get into it a little bit more before I I see this happening, like way before there's like money or investments involved. So it's not like you're going to lose anything. Um, it's more just, it seems like you're going to have to test some ideas and try it on. It's almost like going to the store and trying on some shoes before you buy it. So trying on a business would be like, okay, let's, what does a business plan look like and what would it look like to make these candles? How much did it cost to make these candles? Oh gosh, there's no profit margin. Okay. That was a bad idea. So I see you kind of moving into that direction. Either you've already done it or you're going to do it. It feels like there'll be like two attempts before, like almost like third time's a charm. It looks like the third time is like when something's going to make sense and that it's going to be worth it to actually buy the shoe and take it home. So, um, Again, there needs to be an investment in you because you are um, such an important piece of the family. I would say you are the leader of the family, truly. Like that's really going to be your position. Uh, It kind of reminds me of like when, (laughs) so when I got pregnant with my third child and we were getting closer to the due date, I was like, I'm not even going to fuck around here. Like I'm not going to pretend that I'm going to be okay (laughs) raising these three kids And, uh, you know, helping my husband with his business and side hustling with the, like with my business, what I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to pretend. I was like, I need some help. Like I need, um, I need somebody to come in and like help me here. So I asked my husband, I had the conversation with my husband and I was like, I, I need an investment. You know, I need to be able to hire an employee basically, which was for me, a nanny. I needed a full-time person to be with me that I can delegate some tasks to, even if that meant delegating the task of feeding my baby, right? Like, which I know that's like so hard for us to, to think about like, oh, you can delegate tasks. God forbid you delegate like a child task, but that's what I needed. And, uh, he didn't, we, both didn't know what my business was going to be. And it, it at the time, it felt like I just needed an investment in my sanity or like I needed to carve out my own space or whatever. It was kind of a little bit egotistical. I would say a little bit selfish too. Is kind of how it felt for me or, or maybe how everybody was making me feel, you know, that it was. And, but luckily I convinced him to give me a year salary and that he was going to commit to like, you know, paying this woman and that we were going to commit really like that we were going to take money out of our business and pay this person to support me. So that I could, um, and actually that was a year that I wrote the final swipe, um, my dating book. And I did a lot that year. I had like a lot of big podcast mentions and um, there was a lot that happened that year. And man, that was the best investment for our family. I only was able to keep it for a year. So I did have to, um, I went to like a babysitter after that. But what was interesting is that today, right? I am the main provider for the family. Um, you know, my husband doesn't have to work. He'll take on a project if he wants to, but it was all because we invested in me. Like I was, I I have a smart business mind, you know, like I had a good idea and um, I had to convince the family to invest in me because even that meant for that one year, the kids, you know, weren't going to get as much of me. Um, so everybody was investing in me and people, my family still invests in me in many ways. Like they give me certain time because- um, I'm a good investment. So I I see that for you, like almost you have to understand that you are a good investment. So even just starting off with a babysitter, maybe that investment, money, I know it, it involves money and maybe that money cannot come from your partner because you guys are already like, you know, as far as you can go. But I saw even if like, I don't know if this is your situation, but if there's like a grandparent or somebody that can support a few hours um, paying for this babysitter is actually going to be very, Helpful for you. I also saw that, like this homeschooling is going to be part of the plan. So uh, we may even see that that business idea comes from being a homeschool family. Uh, Maybe there's like a gap in, you know, when you're researching, you're realizing, oh my gosh, what a gap in the system. Like nobody talks about this or there's nothing that helps a person here and that becomes the business. So also trust that like the whole family is trying to make this new earth family plan. Like all the souls are coming together to make this happen. And lastly, I just saw that you need to kind of let go of your own plan. Um, And I know that's hard because we all look forward to our kids, you know, going off to having a full day of school. And, um, you know, we have these plans for ourselves of like what we're going to do when they're, you know, when they're in school for those hours, I get it. Um, But I was getting here is that there's a bigger plan for you. There's this really... um, beautiful way. Like I just see this vision for your family. Like these kids are going to be so seen, so held. Um, You are going to like really move into your strengths and monetize those strengths. And um, I just see like, this is like the very beginnings of this like new way of fam of having a family. Um, I, I, see your ancestors with you very much. It looks like this is something cause when your root chakra, which is all the way at the bottom, that's our, um, you know, connection to where we come from. It's uh money, it's uh family, all that stuff. And it does look like you are what you're the person in the lineage. That's like rebuilding that root system. Like really like, what does it mean to, um, to raise kids the right way and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And to give like a supportive environment, all that. So your, your ancestors are very much with you. It almost seems like we're going back in time. It feels like there was a time in the lineage where like everybody was very supported. Um, and you're, you're pulling from some of that old wisdom. You're being very guided by the women, um, and men before you. Um, and that there's a lot of, uh, support for these kids and like how they're meant to grow. And, and also, uh, this very, I, I I wish I had a better, better word, but it feels like holistic, which means to me that like all systems are in balance. Like everybody is being all, everybody's needs within this system is being met. So like husband, wife, wife, and husband, or, you know, partners, I'm not sure what kind of relationship you're in, but, um, Children like everybody's needs are being met in this very holistic way. And um, that is, that's your big picture vision. And that's really why these pieces are kind of like looking a little strange and they're really trying to find their place within this puzzle that you are definitely going to create this beautiful piece of art. So I'm really excited for you and I hope this was helpful. Hi Nikki, my name is Jessica and I'm the mother to a very starseed, special soul who is almost three years old. His birth really sparked my own spiritual awakening, and I vacillate between seeing him as this advanced soul who is probably here to teach me much more than I am to teach him versus the very human, very emotional Scorpio son, little three-nager that I have in my hands right now. What advice do you have for merging these two components of him while still maintaining some control over the household? hi Jessica thanks so much for your question I loved being in your son's energy it was so fun and but I'm sure it's fun for me to see it but it uh, might be difficult to be his parent sometimes so I hear you and I loved I think you combined like teenager and toddler or something that word I was like I've never heard that before that's amazing but I can see his vibe so okay what I'm this is such an interesting question I think most parents that are you know we're here we're Conscious, we're awake, Um, we're trying to lead our children down a path that is true to their soul and their purpose. So we get caught up in these questions of, like, you know, how do I make space for the soul, but also be the parent that they signed up for, you know? So what I was getting from your son, Jessica, so was really like the first thing he was saying. He's like, you are powerful beyond your understanding. So a lot of like what your relationship is right now, and it's not that our kids necessarily come to teach us because they they do, they're, you know, like every person we interact with is gonna teach us something, but we do have to kind of, I, I don't think you're there, Jessica, but like some of us sometimes think like, oh, my child's here to teach me this. And we want to always remember that our child has its own, path their own soul contract Uh, like their main thing is like not here to teach us something although we will learn so much from them just by being in relationship but especially when they're little there is going to be our you know our relationships are so uh, intertwined and we're just so with them so yes there's going to be a lot of learning on our parts And he is really trying to remind you of how powerful you are and the way that he's almost like, I saw him almost like as a military leader, like um, kind of really putting you through boot camp and it's like not pretty, you know what I mean? Like that style of coaching that's just like really tough and um, trying to bring like the strength out of you almost through way, through the way of like getting you mad in a sense. So I just kind of saw him as like a military leader, which was really funny. He was just like, like almost like, you know, just like a sergeant screaming at somebody at, in boot camp is kind of the vibe I was getting. And um, he's really just trying to kind of test you and like push your limits and where you might want to keep coming from a place of like soft parent you know, like kind of like this soft parenting or something, Um, he's really trying to get you to find like that strength within you. So a lot of like, and it feels like fire, like there's like a fire in you that he's really trying to light and maybe he has already. So remember that that is like, there's like a little bit of a testing, a little bit of getting you angry. Um, And not because, so I think that many parents might look at the situation and be like, oh, well, he's he needs structure, like he's, you know, doing this to get some structure. And the truth is that like your son does not necessarily, like he's not doing this to get structure um, or to get discipline. He is doing this more for your own power to be awakened. Now, when we look at your son, like what he needs, I'm going to list those things out. But the first kind of shift that may might can happen in you is for you to see like, not so much like what does he need? And I know that that's like a very natural and beautiful place to be when we're mothers, but really like what am I being called to become in this moment? So that's gonna help you understand that it's like not really about like, how do I help him down his path? And I'm gonna give you some ideas for that. But this way of behaving is really about who is he being, who is he trying to help me remember that I am who is he trying to awaken what is he trying to awaken within me um and what he's trying to awaken is like a strength um a, a boundaries really because like it's not that he needs the structure of your boundaries but you need boundaries right so like he he is trying to help you get to a point that you're so angry that you have to set those right um and specifically he's interested in like your your role in a masculine world, um, like almost like how are you handling like the masculine relationships in your life? And are you giving yourself the same level of worth? Are you giving yourself, um, the same, um, like, are you giving the same amount of expectations to a man as you would to a woman or to a boy and to a girl? So there's a little bit of like a gender situation going on too. There's kind of like, what are your expectations of men? And, like, are you, do you, you know, do you expect women to have more expect, you know, more things on their plate? So there's a little bit of that also going on. So, always remembering that, like, that is the, a lot of what's these questions are really about, like, what is happening within me? Like, who am I becoming by being this child's parent? It also seems like, um, you have some sort of bigger purpose. I your your two, your your upper chakras, the, the crown and the third eye are very strong and very awakened, um, which are basically the crown is like our connection to spirit, to source, all that. The third eye is our psychic center. And those centers are like really opened up for you. I kind of feel like I wonder if you've already seen this, but maybe even being called to some sort of spiritual work. I don't know what you, what you do for work. But um, it does look like that is trying to come forward or to use that in your work, um, to use that in some sort of like entrepreneurial way or something. So there's also like from your power, like as you kind of really step into your power, you're gonna kind of see the strength within your third eye and your crown, like you're um, very gifted in those areas. Actually, I would love to have you. (laughs) train you in intuition if that's like a call to you. So um, there's a little bit of that happening. So now as for him, which is like, you know, intuitively we have to kind of see what is my child trying to awaken in me? And then second, okay, then how can I support this child's path? So there's, there's that little bit of like, how does this affect me? What am I being asked to become, right? That's like the first thing. Cause like, I think as parents, we always think about like, oh, what do I, we forget about ourselves. What am I going to do for my kid? What does my kid need? But this is like, the first step is like, what, what is calling within me? Who am I calling to be, like to be? And then now let's look at your son and like what he needs, right? That would be the next one. Like, um, And how can we meet halfway? So your son will always like push back Kind of people to their limits, um, but he's willing to compromise. Like that's like his soul is like willing to compromise, but he is a little bit of a like an instigator is kind of like my, the vibe that he has, like a spiritual instigator. So, um, and he and balance is like his thing. Like he's always going to look for something in the middle. So he does not like need super crazy structure, um, but he also. Like, so for school, for example, like I don't see him being in something super traditional, but I also don't see him being in something like very, I put like crunchy or hippie, (laughs) like um, something somewhere in the middle, maybe like a Montessori um, that is structured, but at the end of the day, like, you know, has a little bit more flow. So it looks like he's always going to need to find like something in the middle. He will always question like the status quo. He's always going to kind of question the traditional, but He also still needs to be in some of those settings. I see him almost like as like a, because he's very smart. So like if he's not in these settings that are maybe like a little bit more free, but don't have like the proper structure for him to um, excel as like mentally, because he has like a very smart, active brain. Um, If he does, if, you know, sometimes like people are... I don't know setting up schools, and they're super, you know, good intended. They have good hearts about it, but if it doesn't have like the structure for them to grow, um, then you know it doesn't it doesn't work out for him. So he needs a he needs to be in those settings, but he's going to kind of like question, and he's always going to want to negotiate. That's going to think probably be one of the hardest things about raising him is he's always going to want to negotiate. Like he'll maybe he'll be a lawyer or something because he like wants to negotiate every contract or every, so you're always, so the good things to know about that is that like, you know, when you know somebody's going to negotiate with you, you're going to highball them. You're going to be like, okay, I want $50,000 for this because you know, he's going to try to talk you down to 20 to 25 and you know, what you really want is 30. So like you might have to go like a little high when you're trying to, you know, get him to do something. But only knowing that you're going to have to come down because he does want to kind of feel like he's, I don't want to say he, he feels like he wants to win, but he wants to know that he had some say in this, that like, that, um, you know, that there's no like authoritarian, like, um, you know, person that's giving him all these to-dos. Um, but he—he he's very smart, so he's going to need structures. Like he, he's going to need something that helps him like move up a ladder, basically. Um, I I saw him, his energy, almost like an impatient Jedi. So it's like, yes, I'm a strong um, old soul, but I'm still in a young body. So it's kind of like that Jedi that like knows they've already been called to be a Jedi, but they still need to be trained by like the masters. So he, and some of the masters are very structured, you know, like sometimes like you meet your, you know, I can see, I kind of, I kind of see him going into, um, like going into education, like almost like, maybe even like a PhD or a master's and that he's going to be annoyed by that system, you know, like, oh, like these stupid, like doctors or whatever that are teaching me. But sometimes like the masters are are in these very structured settings because with time, with age, they found that the structures help. So we're going to kind of see him be in a mix of those two. Um, also, what I saw he needs is like, he really does need you, to live in your truth because if not, he's gonna not respect you. Um, he's kinda, <laughs> he's funny, like he'll be like almost like annoyed at people that, that I don't wanna say that they're lazy because that's not the right word, but almost like scared or they don't really go for it. Like he's gonna be annoyed at people that are living kind of like a half-assed life. So if you wanna continue, what's gonna be most important with him is like that you continue to keep his respect. And, um, because if not, you're going to like lose that structure that you're, or, you know, like you're going to lose like, um, I don't want to say power over him, but like, you're going to have no influence on him if he doesn't respect you. And what he respects is people that are like brave, that they're courageous, um, that they're like really living their truth, that they don't give a shit about, you know, what are, what other people are saying. So he's going to challenge you in that way, not on purpose, but because if you want to stay, um, being a respected female specifically, um, cause it does seem like he's gonna, he's very masculine almost. So it does seem like he'll find like masculine mentors, but if you want to remain like a female mentor, um, you got to keep his respect and like what, you know, like, and kind of keep in mind, like what he does respect. Doesn't mean that you don't get to teach him like, Hey, you know, allocates or whatever. Um, isn't like a reason to respect people. Like kind of, you know, you're probably gonna have to negotiate with like what he finds um to be like values that one should respect. But he does like you wanna stay in like a teacher position with him because if if he might like pass you over, you know, in a few years if you are not you yourself are not like walking into your own calling. Um so for you, most important is like to be in your path and in your work and growing into your full potential because that's what's going to remain your position as a mentor for him. And you You should be a mentor um, for him because you're going to kind of soften him, you know, in many ways. You're going to be that female leader. Like he's going to understand masculine leaders, but he also needs a feminine leader. So your role is going to be like, what is a queen? What's a divine feminine leader? And that's really like what you're learning and what you're becoming. Oh, and the last thing is your boundaries like of what you need are important. Like whatever you're like, oh my gosh, no, like I can't have you running around this way or I can't have you pushing me to this like edge all the time. So I need to set these rules. Your rules are important, not because he necessarily needs them, but because you are teaching him the fences that he's gonna hit up against in life. So an example would be yesterday I was out with my family at this corn maze and uh, you know I have three kids and my middle son is you know he's 9 and he's like in that very annoying boy age and he was like bothering his older sister who's 17 and she's like a big girl she's tall And they were like fighting swords, basically, with like the corn stalk, right? (laughs) Like the whole time we're going through this maze, like we didn't even know where we were. And these two are like fighting or whatever. She's definitely more defending herself from him. And he's just a little like mosquito. I want to call him like a bicho is like what we would say in Spanish. But he's like this little annoying mosquito that keeps like, and you just like want to slap them, right? So he keeps on, he keeps on the whole time. And finally, Allie you know, doesn't know her own strength, and she smacks him with a damn, you know, cornstalk, and like cuts his lip and cuts like um, like right above his eye, right, and he's bleeding and he's screaming and he's so mad and he's quick to play the victim. And you know, typically I would get mad at Allie, but I was like, I get it. He's been so annoying for the past hour, and you know, so, like eventually he hit up against that fence. He hit up against somebody's boundary, like where enough was enough, and if I don't. Like if he was so surprised that his sister set up that boundary, but imagine if like the family did not set up that boundary for him. He's going to go to school and somebody's going to punch him in the face, right? Because he's not going to know that there's fences. So basically like he's allowed to exist in the world like that. And we don't want to take that away from him. He's super funny and he's jokey and we like love that part of him. But he also has to know like where the fence is so that when he... Hits up again. He's like, oh, there it is. So that's kind of what you, that's the only reason. It's not because, that's the only reason for your boundaries. It's not because like he necessarily needs a super structured environment, but he also needs to kind of know how far he can go. Because if you don't show him, basically somebody's going to punch him in the face type of thing. (laughs) You know what I mean? He's going to get in trouble at school or like something like that eventually is going to happen. So the boundaries really are for you and also for him to know his sense of space. And that's, why you're really feeling like, what am I supposed to do in this space? It's really about your own boundaries to show him what his space is. Hope that was helpful, Jessica. Such a great question. And I'm so proud of all you moms and parents out there that are really connecting with your child's soul. It's such a different way to parent. And I'm really excited about the humans that are coming just just after us. Serena Williams. Oh my gosh, what a fun read. I was not expecting to have so much fun with this. And I think it was part in part because her soul was so ready to give me the information. I actually feel like she could use a good reading. So Serena, if you need a read, hit me up. But um, you guys have asked me this before, and I just want to say it again in case uh, I haven't spoken about it, but I've gotten like messages on Instagram asking if it's ethically okay to read people that are not giving me their physical permission. So like, you know, I'm reading these celebrities without talking to them, without asking for permission, but, uh, So in our training, like when I teach people to read, you always want to ask for soul permission. So I do have to go through a process of meditation and asking the soul if I can get permission. And believe me, we have tried to read several people on the show that just didn't, they would give me like such minimal permission. You know, it's like I didn't get the full permission that I could not get a full read. So even if I wanted to do them, I wouldn't even have enough for the show. So just know that like the only reason I'm allowed to get a lot of information is because the soul is actually allowing me to. You can pretty much read anybody, but the amount of information you're going to get is really going to depend on how willing the soul is for you to, you know, for you to read them. Let's read our podcast disclaimer. I have no personal connection to Serena Williams, so please take what I am saying during this podcast episode as strictly my opinion and what came through to me as an intuitive download, and not based on facts from what I have learned from Serena Williams or anyone with firsthand knowledge of Serena Williams. This reading and this information I am sharing is for entertainment purposes only. So I saw so many beautiful things in my meditation around Serena, and I'll won't bore you with the details. But Serena's purpose and like really kind of the gift she gives to the world, which there's so many gifts that she gives to the world. She's a very, very old soul, like, um, very much a soul that like almost, I don't know, doesn't even need to be here on this planet. But I was showing that she was a, a star seed gift from one of the star seed planets. Like they were like, let me, let's, let us give you this <laughs> to the, to support you guys in your ascension. So she really was presented to me with like. um with her other guides that are with her. And they were just like, she is a gift. I was like, okay. It was almost like they were rolling out the red carpet for this queen <laughs> that was coming forward. So and really the gift that she gives is um, amongst many things. But if I had to put it in one word, it would be the gift of courage. And that is Serena's uh, purpose in many ways to for this lifetime. Her sole purpose has to do with courage. And perhaps we've been seeing... Um, maybe like masculine kind of bravery and courage from her for many years, because obviously to be an athlete of that um, level, there has to be a bravery and um, more of a masculine, very disciplined type of bravery. But we're going to see Serena use her courage now in a feminine way. So we see a lot of transition into the divine feminine, like moving from Um, mastering these like masculine um, energies, which she's done a great job of, which are really beautiful. Um, But she is innately very, her her soul has been feminine for many lifetimes. So it's something that she knows very well. So we're going to see her move into these like feminine ways of courage. So even kind of, you know, think about like leaving this sport and leaving like what she's known for all that without even really knowing what is next, that requires a lot of courage. And that's what we see her um, gift us a lot in the world. So I actually see her moving from like this path that she's been on that like was no longer serving her and moving into her true path, which is really gonna be about like finding her voice, um, getting off a pl- blueprint. So it looks like the, the way she was y- kind of going through the world and using her courage was to follow blueprints. Like it looks like there, there was a lot of like, oh, this is going to work. Okay, great. Then if this is going to work, then I'm going to do this. And now we're seeing her move into like really discovering what her own blueprints are. So we're going to see her question, um, kind of like, how things are done. It almost looks like a like a CEO from a from a company coming down into like a coordinator position who wants to get their hands dirty and see like where where the flaws are happening in the company. Like what is uh, you know, where are the leaks? Like where's the company not working? So and when I say company, it's like her life basically. So it looks like she's gonna get very um, hands-on, like in the nitty gritty. So almost like things that she's been handing off that she'll get more involved in. So for example, um, you know, maybe because of her career, she's had to give more um, um, more of the childcare to her husband or, you know, or maybe to a grandparent. I don't know who's like helping. Um, and now we're gonna see her almost like, you know, take that on a lot more as a parent to see like, okay, like what's working, what's not working? Um, like, what do I really want? We'll see her zoom out again, But it looks like even not just parenthood, but just other things in her life that will, we may not see it, but it seems like she's going to want to get her hands in them to be able to have like a greater vision for the company, quote unquote, right? Or for her, for her life. Um, so a lot of like getting off blueprints, a lot of getting off like, oh, this is, you know, this is the way that works. This is what's going to get you, you know, from point A to point B. And instead, we're going to see much more of that divine feminine energy, which is like uh, intuition. Uh, what, you know, where am I feeling pulled to? What do I feel is right? You know, what's in my heart? She's super um, spiritually gifted, which I would love to like have a conversation with her about. It actually seems like, um She's very strong crown and third eye, but also it seems like her hands, um, like she's almost, she knows how to move energy through her hands, um, that can actually like heal. Like I, I saw this vision of her, like putting her hands over water and kind of placing energy and activations like within the water. So I wonder if she has, I don't know, studied Reiki or anything like that, but, um, she has many spiritual gifts, like within her healing gifts within her. So I think it would be cool to see if that would come, come forward. As for like her, this is a very much like a spiritual move too. Like, um, it looks like she's sitting in meditation or if she's not meditation would be great for her, but, um, cause it looks like she's like connecting, you know, like she's almost like E.T. phone home, phone home is like what I call it. Like when you're trying to like talk to God or like, you know, whatever you believe in and you're like, you left me here. Like, please, like, I need some, I need to like talk to my, I need to talk to the, uh to the manager, please. So it looks like there's a little bit of like kind of reaching out through the crown chakra. And there's like this question of like, what do I, what do I truly have to offer the world? So it looks like she's, try she's understand that there's like a bigger offering that she has to bring. And um she's trying to fake like ask that question. So there's a lot of like spiritual outreach right now, like a lot of prayer, um, a lot of like requesting guidance like through the crown, which is so smart. Like that's exactly like what we want to do in this um situation. Also looks like some of this, um, some of this move of leaving her, Uh, leaving tennis and, you know, like making more space for herself is about being a child again. So we're going to see a lot more, again, like it's almost like she's been on these like linear lines. Like there's been a lot of like linearness in her life. And we're going to see her think about like a child that's going to like now play in open spaces that are circular and that don't have any linear lines. So that seems to be like, gonna give to her so much. Like just um she just might have to make sure that she's okay without maybe a level of structure or things like that. But that's a lot of what we're gonna see her move into. She also seems like she um she has a lot of heart like she can feel a lot um very like deeply like kind of like soft loving person. And and because of that, uh there's an ability she has like an ability to like write and um almost like if she gives herself the opportunity to like let herself um, express her emotions through writing. Um, Almost kind of, you know, it's reminding me of like um, when Michelle Obama, like finally, when she got out of office, she was able to write something, um, the book Becoming. So it looks like we might see something like that. And probably around the word courage is kind of the vibe that I get, but definitely more uh, very heart-centered, like a little bit, like almost like I'm not on a podium anymore so I can express myself in a different way. So it also looks like we'll see that come out of her with time. Um, but hopefully she waits for that because it looks like she is going to go through a little bit of a... she she's, it seems like she's already had these awakenings, but it looks like she's going to go through a little bit of like a inner child work. And it would be nice for her to write that book after um, she goes through this like kind of inner child work that she's going to go through. Her heart center also looked like... Um, like she's going to have to learn how to like untangle her love relationships. Like it almost looks like she's learning to define what love is um, because there's like almost like the signs of like a codependent heart or, um, you know, kind of like, oh, this person loves me because they, um, I don't know, keep telling me, like they love me, uh, they push me So much, and that's a sign of them loving me. And um, she's actually gonna like redefine love, it looks like. Um, like, and there looks like there's a lot of untangling of like loving relationships in her life, not necessarily like divorcing or leaving or whatever, but like kind of understanding and really understanding like what love means to her, what. Um, what's not loving and what is loving and having to like explain to people like, oh, that thing that you do that you say is love is not really love. Um, So she's gonna like redefine love in her relationships Um, and and kind of like an untangling, which again is like the signs of, you know, when we get into these, we're so loving uh, that we end up, you know, getting in these like codependent situations, which I mean, listen, takes one to know one. Um, That's why I can see it there. And then I looked at the solar plexus, which which is the stomach, self-esteem, self-worth, self-identity. And again, she is gathering a type of courage that she's never had to gather before. That actually like for being such a strong athlete, like this is the most courage um, she's ever drummed up and that she's like ever needed in her life. So uh, this is like And, you know, again, the solar plexus is about identity as well. So it's like we're moving from one identity to the other, but there is a space in the middle where, like, nothing exists, right? It's like that black space where things are created, but you're in that purgatory, that, you know, cocoon stage, and it's just dark. Like, there's just nothing there. So she has to make this leap into the unknown, that cocoon stage, the dark space where things are created, so that the next version of her can um, can show itself, but it requires a lot of courage. So if she, if I was working with her, I would definitely, my suggestion would be like, do not try to define yourself. Do not try to um, have an identity here. Like sit in the vast dark space, which is creation space, like the, that dark womb space, right? Um, and let like what needs to be created Created. I don't know if she wants to have another child too, but it does seem like this black space is like the only space that another child can come in to the world. Um, and it's like this place of like, I am no longer this, but I'm also not what is ahead of me. And that is like where the next child wants to come in that space in her life because it does look like the next child um, is going to remind her more of herself. It seems like this, I uh, think Alexis Olympia, I think is her name, her daughter, seems to like not really have her personality. She might have like pieces of like her sister's personalities or or the personalities of her parents or even her husband. But like, it looks like the child is different than her. But it looks like this next child that wants to come during this space is going to be a little bit more of a mirror and which is going to be very supportive um, in her next journey. So that's my prediction that we'll see like a baby come out of this. And her like dark womb space or whatever, that place of not, you know, leaving one identity, but moving into the next identity does look like it'll last about um, three to four years. And and it almost looks like she's going to get really comfortable in that space to the point that she's like, I don't want to move to the next thing. Like she's going to get comfortable being in the cocoon, um, but there will be kind of a calling for that. Um you know, that next uh, space, which is, this is so typical of mothers, right? You guys, like when you give birth to a child, you die, like a part of you dies and then you're dead, you know, while that baby is born and there is, you're celebrating like new life, right? You're celebrating the life of this new child and that's the only new life that exists, but you yourself have died, you know, because like it's this whole, and, and I think every, even though you might be on your second or third child, there's always a death. And um, then, you know, it takes time to really redefine like who we are, you know, like who this person is. And it seems like she had that with the first, but like couldn't really let herself die. Um, and so now she knows that she needs to die, like that identity needs to die in order to bring in new life. Uh, not only her new life, but also the new life of a, of a new child. So um, that seems to be what's happening there with Serena. And I hope that was helpful for us. Like it's such a mother place for her to be in, right? Like it's such an example of, of us, like, you know, being whatever we were before we bring this new life and having to redefine ourselves, but also having to have the courage to redefine ourselves. So, thanks, Serena, for the reading. And if you want a real reading, holler at your girl. I leave you with this blessing a sacred song written and performed by my dear friend, Lindsay Simpsick. This is Clarity. Yeah.